Today's program has been brought to you by TechServe, New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. For more information, visit TechServe.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. That was just uh, Ty Seagull, imaginary person off the live at Death by Audio. Um, those boards will be coming up. It's uh, off this compilation by Famous Class. It's on a flexi record book. I just put it in my hands. It's amazing. If you've never seen a flexi book, um, as I never have, it's uh, a spiral book with a bunch of uh, seven inches in there. And you just put the whole book on your record player and it plays. Yeah. Very excited. They'll be coming up in the second half of the show. But we are <clears throat> very excited to have Chef. I'm sorry. I know you don't want to say Chef, but I have to Thanks. quantify Thank that Chef Thank you. Jerry McMullen from the Bedford Post. And welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. How, how did you order the pizza at Roberta's? 
pizza, pizza here is always great. Uh, so you work upstate. Yeah. Uh, but that's not where you got your start. Where did you first fall in love with cooking? Well, I, I tell the story a lot. I came from a long line of very bad cooks. My mom's an awful cook. Oh. Love you, mom. Did she know that? Yes, I tell her. She self admitted. <laughs> yes, she. Or is she that home cook that doesn't know she's a bad cook and thinks she's a great cook? Which at is this point, worst. at this point, because she hasn't cooked for me in like fifteen years, she's a mediocre cook. So she's improved greatly. Uh, single mom, fast food, pizza, and when mom cooked, you went hungry, kind of thing. Wow. But uh, do you remember one of her not so special specialties? Yeah, actually, I made. She sent me a recipe. The only thing I liked when I was a kid, mm-hmm. she made a broccoli and rice soup in in a crock pot. Everything was in a crock pot, of course. And she sent me the recipe, and I remember it being amazing. It's uh, a block of Velveeta, mm-hmm. a thing of Uncle Ben's rice I'm pre-cooked, a bag of frozen broccoli, uh, and cream of broccoli soup. You put it in there, and you turn it on, and when it's hot, it's ready. There's like a dip. No, it's well, I grew up with it being a soup. Yeah, it's probably like spinach dip with broccoli. I mean, that's not bad. No, no, it's actually delicious. I mean, that that's like Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> yes. creme de la creme. Yes. So you came from a long is that so bad so, bad I, food I, at I home? Fell, I fell in I fell in love with food at some point. I don't know why because I'm a fat kid. Um, but really, just as I got in college, I started cooking for myself. You know, TV chefs got really big, and and I was infatuated with it. Um, and so I started cooking back in my hometown in Scottsdale in Arizona. How do you like Scottsdale? Well, I like it. I grew up there. What's it's Arizonian like, cuisine like? It's cowboy cooking. So like Dutch oven, coals, things like that? Yeah, cooking stuff over open fires, like open flames, a little more like gaucho style. There's obviously a huge Mexican influence, lots of spices and chilies. And I mean, I didn't grow up eating peanut butter and jelly. We grew up eating quesadillas. Right. So, And has that style of cooking and those flavors come with you throughout your Absolutely. cooking career? It, it has. And I think until probably the last two or three years, I I didn't really realize that, that how much of an influence it had. But the way we cook in Bedford now, everything is over an open fire in a wood oven. It's very, very like cowboy-esque when it comes down to big cuts of meat that are smoked, uh, you know, Argentine style where you cut off a, a chop, sear it on the grill, and, and finish it with chimichurri. Do you have chaps and like a big hat? Did you ever ride a horse? Um, n- not that I would wear in public. Not that you are. <laughs> I've ridden a horse maybe once. Yeah. So you're cooking in, in Scottsdale. Yeah. Uh, just for yourself? No, no. I worked at a, a place called Zinc Bistro. Okay. Yeah. Chef is Matt Carter. Shout out. Who was a yes? He was a French Laundry alum. I just happened literally walked by a place. I didn't know what the menu meant or said, so I assumed it was probably a good place to start learning. Uh, and he was dumb enough to hire me, and I worked there for five and a half years. What years were those? Oh, God. You have 2000, 2001 to 2006. So no formal training? No, no, no. Zero. Zero. That's great. School of hard knocks. Do you feel that it makes a difference anymore? No, no. I think it does. I mean, I went to college. So I think college, no matter what you do, if you go to culinary school or, or art school or, or university, it's about, it's about that getting away from your family and getting out of your comfort zone and meeting people. What'd you so study to me, in that was great, but I, I, you know, after eight years of college studying economics, I wasn't a doctor, and so I obviously wasn't very good at school. So, did you? Oh, I was really good at college. But You're good at college. Very good at school. Oh, really good at college. Yeah. Not great at school. Yeah. Um, and so, from Arizona, California, Napa, yeah, Napa Valley, worked for uh, a place called Red in Yonville for of course. Richard Reddington. That's great. Great, Beautiful. great place. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's really. You got to try really hard to cook a bad meal in Napa. I mean, I a lot of people do, but you really, if you know how to 
the basic ideas of cooking and how to shop, it's really tough to put something back. No, no, I agree. You know, I cooked at a, the first place. At Zinc, it was, it was very French bistro-esque. So yeah. It was like 30, 40 pounds of butter a night kind of place. And then suddenly the, the mode changed to fresh ingredients and keeping things raw and a little bit of salt, a little bit of olive oil. Which which is it was a great lesson to learn, and the products are amazing. Something I still try to find now to this day. The California co- products quality, not quality. not not bringing stuff from California so much. So what was the different uh, attitudes in those two kitchens? What was the music that they played? Uh, the difference. A lot of punk rock in Napa. Both, yeah. In both, really. Yeah, when, I, when I first punk yeah. rock in the fine dining. Yeah, I don't know in the dining room because I don't think. Well, we not the dining room, but in the there. kitchen. We yeah, but um, in the kitchen, yeah. Yeah, much you know what? Actually, Richard's pretty mellow, even though he's crazy. Yeah, I would I would I would describe his his personality as being a little more punk rock, but he's more into like you know Wilco and some some calmer, mellower stuff. As what's well. your What's your favorite music to cook to? God, I you know what I now I'm addicted lately to like seventies country. It's good stuff. It, it's great. It's like what I grew up on. Cook again, your feelings, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. So, did you enjoy being out in California? I know I there's loved always it. it's amazing. The yeah, California versus New York. I, I, you know what? I'm going to just say it out there. I think it's apples and oranges. I agree. I think it's two different. I think it's two different approaches. I think it's just, you know, the New York cities, like the big cities, to really cook and survive in and things like that, is just so such a different landscape. What you need to do versus California is that it's really tough to even compare them. No, I don't think there's any comparison. I think the quality of life in both places is amazing, but it's so different at the same time. I mean. We live in the city. I love the city. I never thought I would. I thought I would hate it. I thought, you know what? If you're going to be a serious cook, you need to cook in New York, and that's why I moved out here. But when it comes down to it, I, I, I really I love New York, and it's really amazing. And, and nobody knows. Like, you know, say Bedford. Bedford's feels like the middle of nowhere, but it's literally 40 miles from Manhattan. I love Bedford. I but mean, I really... And, and just you when you get same, off the L train, it's just great. Same Bedford, <laughs> yeah. right? Little different Bedford. Little different. Little bit, little different Bedford. I mean, you know, every once in a while you'll get a New York Times that fill in the blank upstate New York is the new Williamsburg. And that is so untrue. Yeah, it's, it's so untrue. untrue yeah. You know, people always say in California that they love L.A. or they love that because they can be in wilderness so quickly. And my argument for New York is you can too. Absolutely. Within an hour. You can be at the beach. You can be upstate. There's gorgeous hiking. I saw it all in the subway while I was riding to work. <laughs> um, it smells. Yeah. It smells. So are you a big nature guy? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I, I love being out, outdoors. I mean, I, we live or we, li- we live in Washington Heights because there's some parks around. And it's a little quieter. So I definitely, that's definitely appealing to me. And working in Bedford's the, that's the great thing about it is I, you know, I, I can still, we can go out, we can go hiking, we go foraging, we work with local farmers. It's still that very much that like Napa Valley vibe and feel to the relationships that you have and the, and the style, the restaurant style, the quality of the products are all there. It's just the weather is different. That's the only difference. It's the only difference. Well, I was just up in Narrowsburg, uh, ate at the Heron, Paul Nanny's place up there. And it's the same thing. He was a cook in the city. He was just like, I'm getting out. Yeah. I'm getting out. There's a lot of people doing that. I mean, stuff, great stuff happening up in Hudson. Do you feel um, there's a community up there? Or a growing community? Sure. No, no, no. There's, I think all the time there are new restaurants that are opening. And, and, and I think that the more exposed people become to great restaurants, the, the better it is for everyone. You, know? you don't have to take the train into the city to have a great meal anymore. It doesn't mean that the, the restaurants in the city have changed. It's still the best food city in the world. It's not about that. It's just you don't have to if you don't want to. 
And we don't try to compete with those places anyway. No. It doesn't matter. The competition. There's no point. No, no, no. It's irrelevant. It's so good. after California, what brought you to New York? Or you were like, I've done – of course, this is Scottsdale, Napa Valley, New York. You know, my, my goal, I think, because I had no idea what this business was about, was to work for 10 years, work three back home, work three in the Bay Area, and work three in New York. Um, it didn't Timing didn't work out that way. I was in Arizona for five and a half at yeah. Sink and moved to Napa, and I was only there for a year before I got the opportunity to come to New York, and now I've been here for six. So it's the timing wasn't right, but the ideas were there, and I, and I, and I couldn't be happier that I did it. But it's... It was just more the draw. Like New York's the, the the food place to be. I mean, it's the place to be when it comes to anything. But it's, I'm I'm glad. I, it was something to take me out of my comfort zone, get me away from from family, and and get exposed to something different. And I and I've been really pleasantly surprised that you can go to the beach and it's so close, and you can get outdoors. Like I, I didn't even know what Central Park was about before I moved here. It's hands down one of my favorite places to have at my fingertips. The whole like museum mile walk down to Columbus Circle, it's just whenever I need some time, just to refocus, it's amazing. There's uh, so many things going on. It's just there's so many different people, and I think the thing from an outside perspective you don't understand is that everybody, most people are they're from somewhere else, so they feel the same way you do. So it's that that's the great thing. We all have this connection that we love it because we all love it together, not because it's this amazing spot that we all have to aspire to, to be. We're just we're here. Nothing brings together people like on a really cold February day sure. when it's snowing and the train isn't running. It's and that I, or it's like the bum on the on the one side of the subway. Everybody's cornered on the other side. Oh, it yeah. smells like kitchen shit. Oh, yeah. That's really awesome. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about uh, your time in New York and what you got coming up and how your grilling or love for grilling has followed you to uh, the big grill you have at the Bedford Inn.
that's just a good summer jam. There's no, there's no way around it. Uh, so we are talking with Chef Jeremy McMullen from the Bedford Post Inn, um, and uh, he's down here from Westchester. Um, so, uh, so talk to me. So we were talking a little bit about your move from the West Coast to New York, right? And you're here in New York, and uh, and you started at well, where did you start in New York? Started at Bedford Post. So you so. started. So that was the first one. Now, did you? You didn't just start driving around New York and uh, like starting the outside and working your way in, right? You, I'm sure you had a contact there. The 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 original chef and I were friends, uh, Brian, and he he and I knew each other back in Arizona, so he invited me to come out and help him open the post, which I did. I was there for about a year and a half, and then I moved in to the city to work for Missy Robbins out of Ocha. How was that? I mean, that's two very great, two yeah. very different worlds. Very very different worlds. It was it was. Uh, I mean, Missy's one of my mentors. It's it's there's Matt and Missy. Those are the two. So uh, it was it was amazing. It was it was full, you know, submerging into um, Italian cooking, and making pastas and things that I thought that I knew that I didn't know. And how long did it take you to realize you didn't know? About she told me about two minutes into it. It wasn't hard to figure out what what because well, I told her I was like I know how to cook pasta. We make fresh pastas. We do all this and. She sat me down literally after the first night and said, you don't have any idea how to cook pasta. you realize that? And I was like, no, I, I do now. Uh, oh, so you didn't need her to tell her that after the first night? No, no, I realized it. And she, and she told me to. She's, she's very does, open. How does that feel? It's a, this, this, this business is about challenges. It's okay. about solving problems and, and challenges. So if, if I was a guy that would tuck my tail and run from something like that, I, I wouldn't be cooking. It's just not worth it. So... So to me, that was that was it. Like, I want to do Italian food because I don't know what any of it is. I don't know what it means, and I don't know how to do it. And now? And now it's part of, you know, like my soul of cooking. I mean, that's what I do. What's your favorite pasta to make? Capolacci del Brigante. It's, uh, it looks like a witch's hat. It's actually shaped like a hat from a small little region in Emilia-Romagna. Um, but it's, it's the trick of it is the fold-over. It's... It, it's not like a typical capolacci. Almost looks like a tortellini, but it's round. Okay. This one, it, it's shaped like again like a witch's hat. <laughs> um, so we would make them around Halloween and use squid oh. ink pasta, so it l- really looks like a witch's hat. And some pumpkin or some um, squash. Yeah, whatever. But it's very cool. The cool thing about it is that once you dry it, it just it really it looks like something you've seen before, but then you can eat it. I don't know. It's something strange. That's so great. Yeah. What's up? The geometry of pasta. You ever see that book? Yeah, great it's a great book. book. Absolutely. Really fun book. Absolutely. Um, so you went to Voce, mm-hmm. living in the city, hanging yes. out. Yeah. Do you having a good time? Great time. Great time. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you, you felt the pull. Well, no, then the, you know, <laughs> then, then Brian opened, decided to leave Bedford Post and he opened his own place. Mm. So, uh, the owners asked me to come back. And what year was this? Uh, this was three years ago. So? So I've been there since. It's been great. And? And, and we you know, I came back and and it was my first executive chef job. I had no no idea what I was no doing. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah, Richard Gere owns the place. No pressure. It's fine. Um, Doctor T, right? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, you know, it, I did what I knew how to do. I cooked. We I taught him how to make pasta, and we did pasta. You taught Richard Gere to make pasta? No, no. I taught him how to eat pasta. No, I didn't teach him how to eat pasta. He he knows what he wants. Um, Started working with farmers. I mean, I took advantage of what it was. You know, we have amazing farmers that you can use in the city, but, like, I drive up to Bedford and I stop at three farms and pick up produce on the way to work. Um, we go foraging. Like, there's 120 acres, so 
you spend a few days a week going out and picking whatever whatever's there. And you're working with uh, Steve Brill, right? Yeah, we've done some stuff with Steve Brill. He's great. The he's Wild got, Man. The Wild Man comes out. He's got really good jokes. Uh, can you can you hit me with a joke? We love jokes. Oh god, I'm so bad on the spot with jokes. Uh, no, it's it's one of those things with Steve. His humor is about in the moment. So he's talking about something that has seeds, and and he can relate that to Catholic religion and not wanting to spill your seeds on the ground. Gotcha. Yeah. Or is fortune good? It depends on what your morals are. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good. You're good at this. Thank you. I, I really enjoy a good pun. Um, you feel free to... That's a freebie. You can... Thank you. you I'm going to say that next time. Well, the only person that forges with me for the most part is Jorge, and he doesn't speak English, so... Save it for Steve. He'll yeah. appreciate it. All right. I will. Put that in his canon. I will. Yes. Little fodder for the, uh, for the forging. <laughs> so you do that. So you for I mean, it's gotta, you've got to find all this great stuff up there. How There's much of it... Of stuff, yeah. Now, how much of it can you source... Locally, and how much of it do you have to like sort of bite the bullet? I mean, it depends on the time of the year. Right now, we don't, we, we get <laughs> right now it's I mean, right now it's amazing. So we get eighty percent of our vegetables from from three different farms that are five minutes away. Uh, you know, a lot of our meats we get a lot of our meats from from Pat Lafreda. He does a great job. Shout out to Pat. Uh, but the other stuff that we get, we have a couple of farmers. We have someone who brings us duck eggs every week. We've got a chicken guy. We've got a pork guy. So we, you know, we use as much as we can in the wintertime. It's tough, and we use the same stuff everybody else uses from California, yeah. and Arizona, and Mexico. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there's not. I mean, there's stuff. You know, that when it comes down to it, I think your job as a chef is to find the best product. It's not about really f- using the closest yeah. item. Now, it happens to be that a lot of the stuff that is super fresh is better. Yeah. But it's about finding the best products you can find. So, you know, we get bored in the spring. There's not a lot of stuff to do. So we go out and we pick weeds. And people like them. Just random, like, the day yeah, I mean, some stuff's poisonous, but yeah. we try not to feed that to people. And so you also, but and you also have a garden on site. We do, yeah. We just, just put it in Ore, just planted it. How big? Um, it's like 20 by 40 feet right now. By next year, it'll be, it's on a really steep slope. Uh, in the back of the property, it'll be. We'll, we're going to build it next year to be terraced. Okay. Um, so it'll be. Uh, it's going to be incredible. So right now we just have tomatoes and peppers and some summer. I'm sorry, some uh, fall squash that we're just going in. Mm. Fall so squash. Get, yeah. What's your ideal meal this time of year? Like, what do you what What are you cooking? Right now, it's 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 something on the grill. I mean, everything we do is. We have a, we have two we have well, we have two restaurants, but in, in the farmhouse, the dinner restaurant, we have two kitchens. We have our, our regular kitchen inside that we cook pastas and salads and pastry, but then outside we have these two large custom grills and a big wood oven. Nice. Um, so we smoke stuff all day, and and you know it's it's. What are you smoking? Uh, a lot of briskets, briskets. You know, we we slow cook pork shoulders. Uh, we we're kind of leaning towards a lot of produce, so tomatoes. Um, mushrooms, um, kind of drying out stuff. We go out and pick sassafras and dry out and do like smoked gumbo filet. Um, oh, just yeah. whatever. Basically, when something comes in, we take it outside, we put it over the fire, we cook it hot, we smoke it and let it dry out and, and see what works best. How long are you smoking those vegetables for? It depends on the vegetable. I mean, cauliflower, we go for a few hours. Tomatoes, tomatoes are like, you know, like 20, 30 minutes is fine, depending on how big the tomato is. I don't think I've ever had smoked cauliflower. It's tasty. I love cauliflower. I mean, I love roasting it. I love that, like, caramelization. Same, same it's idea. very sweet. I mean, we hot smoke it, so it's still concentrating, but it gets a little char on the outside. Does it stay firm? 
what we usually do is cook it whole. Yeah. Uh, let it get a good amount of char and smoke on the outside, and then steam it inside. Okay. Depending on what we're going to do. If we're just going to serve it as is, then we just roast it in the oven, chop it up and roast it in the oven. Or or steam it, and then you can you can do whatever you want with it. Make a tureen or whatever. whatever. And, are, and are you ash roasting any of the vegetables? A lot. Yeah, absolutely. So oh. save all the ashes. You know, beets are great. It's got to be firm. It's something something hot. You know, in the in the fall and in the early spring, lots of beets, lots of squash, um, anything you can put in there. I mean, bone marrow is great. Ooh, roasting the ashes. Ash roasted bone marrow. Mm-hmm. I gotta get up there. Yeah, please. So on pizza. You Pardon? Can, you can have great pizza at Roberta's, but you can also come have bone marrow pizza in Bedford. I don't think I've ever had bone marrow pizza. It's the same. It's bread and bone marrow. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah. And so uh, people can come up, stay all weekend, hang out. Sure. Yeah, we have eight rooms. Beautiful place. Place is gorgeous. Uh, How fast do they book up? Weekends, you know, we're full yeah. a lot of times. But but midweek, beginning of the week, is you'd be surprised there's a lot of availability. Yeah. And what's it like working for Richard Gere? He's exactly like you'd think he'd be. Super laid back. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's, he doesn't, you know, he likes good food. He wants people to be happy, and he wants to come bring his family and relax and eat. Is he a big wine guy? No, not a big drinker. I mean, they drink a little bit. He, yeah, he has he has his preferences and and things that he enjoys, but he's not really a drinker. Very in control of himself. He's a Buddhist, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, what do you have coming up? What's what's the end of the summer fall looking for you? Uh, we have some wine some wine dinners we're gonna do with Meng. Um, Meng, our beverage director, is going to host some individual wine dinners where we'll set a menu based on what he's serving. It's pretty limit, limited availability, like up to 12 to 16 people. Awesome. Um, we'll do some harvest dinners with some of the farmers, set up like a makeshift farmer's market on a Sunday night and just cook whatever the farmer brings us and put that on a menu, do prefix stuff. Awesome. And uh, that's it. I mean, we just we cook the way we cook. It's... Yeah, we we use whatever's fresh and and put it on a fire, and and people usually like it. Are you gonna start raising animals? Like have like a small little farm, or is that a whole? I would o- love to, but is that a whole other thing? It's a whole other thing. I mean, even, you know what? When you like, I talked to John Boy, who brings us our our pigs and chickens, and yeah. Try to get him to sell me suckling pig, and he won't do it because I think there's you know his his description of it is he's there when they're when they're whelping, like when when they're being born, and. He just can't bring himself to do it. When they're big and they're like 400 pounds and they're mean as hell, he doesn't have a problem taking it to the slaughterhouse. But when they're little babies, it's a little different. So Yeah, they all get... They I don't all... know. I mean, I've, you know, I've hunted. I come from a family of hunters and those kind of things. But um, I don't know. I'd rather let somebody else do it. I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So if I want to come check it out, what's the Instagram? What's the nuts and bolts? Instagram or... Uh, BedfordPostIn.com. Okay. Instagram at BedfordPost. Um, Twitter, Facebook. Tw- I'm sorry, at Twitter at, at Bedford Post. Um, with MTA, you can take the MTA from Grand Central to Bedford Hills or Katona. It's 45 minutes on the train. Awesome. Another five minutes in a cab. Awesome. Yeah. Cabs usually waiting, right? Yes, cabs yeah, always. Waiting. I know that. I know that one. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I cannot thank you. Thank you enough. Thank you for having me, Mary. Thanks. Thanks to all the publicists you, out there who make our job so much easier. Yes. Uh, and reach out to us. Uh, so we have the. The guys from uh, Death by Audio and Famous Class coming up to talk about their live at Death by Audio 2012 playable flexi book. Uh, it's featuring a whole bunch of kick-ass tracks. Uh, and this is another one of those kick-ass tracks. Um, it is Tin Man. 
by Future Islands, live at Death by Audio here on Snacky Tunes. Oh boy, man, it's getting heavy in here. Let's do it. This next song's called Tin Man. That's uh, one of the many, quote, kick-ass tracks that you can hear on the live at Death by Audio 2012. That's from the official PR release. Oh, it is from the description of the... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, then, if they, I guess they're kick-ass, then. Yeah. They do kick-ass. They do kick-ass. Um, I want to welcome some of these dudes back to Snacky Tunes. Why don't you go around the room and introduce yourself? I'm Cyrus Lubin. I'm Matt Conboy. Hey, I'm Eden Wilbur. Welcome back. How was the pizza? Great. It was very good pizza. 
Now, you guys were on the show before, but uh, playing live. Yeah, with the Immaculates. Yeah. Two years ago? A year ago? Uh, you were the last super loud live band we were allowed I to have. we ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it. Yeah. You essentially ruined our uh, ability to have live loud bands. Yeah. Um, so, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It was a great performance, though. Thanks. It was fun. You guys still playing? Not really so much these days. We're all really busy with other shit right now. Yeah, this flexi book took up a lot of our time recently. And Are that's we- sort of... A lot of things happen at the same time. We can curse, right? I yeah. said shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, the, it's the fucking internet. Okay. <laughs> you know, horse testicles. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a swear word. Um, yeah, those are things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so you guys have done something awesome. You guys have put out this really amazing, and I'm a guy who's been collecting records since I was in like middle school, and the flexi book blows my mind. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's awesome. Well, I mean, it's a technology that didn't exist anymore. Like they did it in the '80s and stuff, uh, and they put them in magazines, but then they stopped making them all together. And luckily, about a year ago, Pirates Press started redoing this technology and doing it better and doing it so it was more yeah. sustainable and they sound better. So it's it's like a great opportunity to kind of get back into that. And it's like, you know, it's a and it's cheaper to press a flexi disc than it is to press like a straight up yeah. wax vinyl. You're not pressing two sides. You're not getting all the wax for it. It's just that piece of transparency. You can see it on the Famous Class website. There's a little... Cyrus made a little animated GIF of uh, yeah. of what it looks like when you flip through the pages, and yeah, they're like they're kind of clearish pages that the records play on. If you're unfamiliar, I would say go go look at it. You yeah. you will get a better sense of what we're saying if you see it physically. I mean, it's a book; it's a spiral bound book with a hole down the middle that you're able to flip the pages over, and you get to see some really great artwork by some great artists. That's right, buddy. Who yeah. are the artists? Uh, Brian Chippendale from Lightning Bolt and Black Puss did the front and back cover, and then we have. Uh, Matt Lines, Ron Reggie Jr., John Vermilia, my brother Perry, uh, Dave Singley. Is that the artist's name or is that your actual brother? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah, familiar no, with my brother? My, my brother? brother? my brother Perry. My brother Perry, yeah, that's how <laughs> he's that's great. What he goes by. His early work. Oh, yeah. It's he's also great. my dog's name, too. It is. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought when you were thinking you Perry that you dog. were always thinking I've your met dog. your dog. Wait, your dog and your brother have the same name? I named my dog after my brother as like a little brother. Uh, Homage? Like, no, like uh, mean revenge. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I would be <laughs> upset. It's much more, yeah. If like my sister That's, named her dog after It's really wow. good because when I go home for family stuff and my mom calls for my brother, uh, the dog comes and... Uh, when she yells such... at my dog, my brother like looks over, and it's the best. It, it's it the... keeps I wish getting better. This is this. You might also be the owner of the biggest shit eating grin we ever had. <laughs> no, <in this> show. <laughs> it happened recently. Yeah, no, it happened recently because my girlfriend was talking to my mother about like hanging out with my dog, and then at some point it was like, oh yeah, that's also your brother's name, and it was. I don't know. It's just it continues to be the funniest thing. So how did this uh, whole thing come about? Talk. Let's go back to the genesis. Well, the DBA guys, Matt and Eden, have been recording all these shows for a long time. Since, like... Uh, the oldest recordings go back to 2007, but they're, like, 
It's pretty sparse. I mean, it's we sparse, we didn't yeah. originally have the hard drive space. Like your computer, you originally couldn't accommodate it, so we were only recording two channels, and we were only doing like the best of the best, or what we thought was the best of the <laughs> best. So even, but even those shows kind of come out because it's just the room mics. Yeah. So you know, it's not you can't get in there and really change anything. But then at a certain point, Mac got a better interface. And uh, we got some more hard drive space, so we just started doing more and more. And we've been doing the eight channel, eight channel recording, which is six direct channels from the board, and then the two room mics. So that's what these recordings, uh, pretty much all of them, or all yeah, of them, all of them, are, all of them are like that. I mean, you can hear our two track stereo recordings; they're still good, but they sound like live songs as opposed to these, which I feel like sometimes I still, when the clapping starts at the end, I'm just like, "What is? Oh, yeah, this is live. <laughs> it's, a live it's a live song. Yeah. People, are, people clap." At the end. Yeah, so I think well, and I think the whole this whole kind of iteration of whatever came about at the Jeff the Brotherhood show in mm. February. Cyrus was in my room because we were I was listening to make sure that everything sounded okay, and that maybe was the first discussion about. Well, you ever thought about doing anything with these? Yeah, because I've been doing all these LAMC seven inches with oh, my right. label, Famous Class. Shout um, out to Famous Class. Famous Class. Uh, and mad and hold on, wait. Can we just pause one second? How well have these seven inches done? They've done really. They've done well. Uh, it's That's been, modest, but yes, go on. It's been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what pressings are you on? Like, the, like I know the Place of Very Strangers ones. Like, Place of Very Strangers is in its third pressing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's huge. Uh, and it's, a lot it's of them are in like their second. Year. Yeah, right. it was a year in April. Was the year mark? Wow. Are are the record nerds out in full force? Of, like first pressing must yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. The like. Special colored vinyls usually Ooh. go really quick. Uh, <laughs> Talk to me and, about colors. Give me color. Uh, we just actually we started pressing with a uh, pirate who's do, who did this book, and they've got some deluxe colors. The mm. lower dens one I just did was uh, like a bone vinyl with black and oxblood oh, splatter. That one's uh, really good. So it, that one looks beautiful. Guys, I need, That's the, like the I, I need the room for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, uh, it's as deluxe as it gets. It's really that is, nice. Yeah. Well, when you know, so that's great. So, okay. So, so anyhow, so I've been doing those things and I, and I just hang out with these guys a lot and talk about music a lot. And at this Jeff the Brotherhood show, it just sounded so fucking good. Uh, they were, I mean, they tour a ton. They're just a really good live Jeff the Brotherhood? Band. Jeff the Brotherhood. Why do they, do they even have apartments? Yeah, I don't they, know. They have houses. I think they have homes. Yeah, oh, they're they from live, Nashville, right? They live in yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, it's a little oh, cheaper oh, to right. live there. Yeah. Oh, I have a house. Yeah. Because I, I can tour and be an artist and be an adult as well. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, but. and down there you can rent, the, or you can buy the house and then rent the other rooms to your friends and they pay the mortgage. It's incredible. Nice. So this is your last Snacky York. Tunes. <laughs> We're going out of Nashville. We're yeah. gonna, just going to figure it out from there. Uh, Seems like a pretty nice life. Anyhow, so yeah. this recording just sounded so good, and it was like that—that that put the seed in our minds of like something at some point should be done with these recordings. It just—they've just been kind of hidden on Matt's computer for a really long time, <laughs> and not a lot of people even know that they get recorded. Yeah, sure. but I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, too. And know? then, yeah, and then so many months later, uh, someone made like a seven-inch series. And I'm not the first person to have a 7-inch series or to make a split 7-inch series or anything but, like that. But your father someone created made, the 7-inch, right? Yeah, my father created the 7-inch. <laughs> but someone did, a, someone did a, a project that was very similar to the LAMC series. And even uh, the way that their bio described it had a lot of the same words that are in my bio. Oh, I'm and sorry. So, is the way... 
I guess we're not conveying it with your tone, but you're sort of <laughs> shit-talking this, right? Yeah, so and yeah, so then I was like, all right, uh, maybe there needs to be something else that Famous Glass does, except for these... I need to, you know, hey, you know so what? To, and uh, so then this idea, you yeah. know, came out of that panic. <laughs> uh, Hold on. <laughs> I gotta do something. I just want to pause a second, because this is something that we should talk about. Because so, you guys do something, you know, DBA does a lot of great stuff. You do shows, you do pedals, you do a ton of everything. You foster community. You've done a lot of great things with... Uh, these seven inches and what mm-hmm. they stand for and all these unique collaborations. You've built something. However, the second anyone starts stepping on your toes just a little, that panic sets in. And I think there's a very set mindset of like guys like you who feel like the second someone starts breathing on your neck a little, you're like, what are we doing next? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because... I think that's more of a Cyrus thing. I don't... I, <laughs> I definitely feel that way. I'm so much like that. No, I... I, I I'll pause right. I suffer from that as well. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, okay. You shit or get off the pot. You yeah. Keep it going. And, like, quit shitting in my pot. Exactly. Like, go get your own pot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. and there's, you know, there's a lot of people, like, if you look at the Adult Swim list of bands, like, those are all bands that I really like. I mean, there's... The thing that... The LAMC 7-inch thing is not... It's not like I have a secret stash of bands that I'm pulling from. It's like, you know, we're all kind of digging from the same pool of... Digging from the same crate. Digging from the same crate, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, that's... But it's in in all how you present it. It's that double-edged sword of where you want to support something new, but as you guys know, running a venue, you can't have only new bands playing every night. You need to have, you know, a mix. You got to have some heavy hitters. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, so you get the idea. So then, talk to me how this goes from being like a couple of bros sitting around with a couple of beers saying like, we gotta do this. This has gotta happen to actually being a tangible thing. I mean, I think it's... Emails. Part of the reason, I mean, part of the reason why... What mail? So, what yeah. type of mail? Internet mail. I, ooh, is, this a new, this is, is this part of the 7-inch series? Internet yeah. mail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Introducing. We're exploring all kinds of technology. So your great-grandfather created email. Created emails, okay. and my father right. made this 7-inch. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, so it went from being that, like, half-baked idea, panicked idea, to a real thing. Uh, it definitely took a long time, but it wasn't... We had to getting wait for the people, year to end. Getting, yeah. Getting, <laughs> yeah. Getting people to say yes wasn't hard. Like, getting... We had we had recordings of all these bands. We kind of figured out how we wanted to do it. But because DBA is a space that people care about so much, getting the yes was pretty easy. Like, a lot of it was like a text message or like a... I mean, people are generally... I mean, when, look, when you, build, when you build and you foster a community, you see return on that investment. Yeah. You know? For sure. And you just don't have to go through all that bull of dealing with record labels and things like that. And, and also, and also the if, you, if you have were... to, then you have like eight other bands who could just step up and be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. There was no real... There was no real... Uh... So wait, these bands that had to get done. These are just bands from 2012 that played. Yeah, the whole the Flexi book actually is in chronological order through the year. the The first thing you hear is the first recording that we pressed, and the last one that's that is Jeff the Brotherhood from I think January or yeah. February, and then February. the last February, and the last one is a place to bury strangers in December of 2012. Eight. So, so, so what about the archives? You mean of, like, previous years? Yeah, from 2007 to 2011. I mean, uh, obviously, I know some of them aren't as well recorded, but there's some good stuff in there, right? There's, there's definitely some good stuff in there, yeah. I mean, it, the recording quality, was it was kind of like... Because in 2012, we probably recorded 
I'll say at least a hundred, if not two hundred shows, and if we were going to have to go through each one individually and listen to the entire show, like average of three bands a night, you know, I mean, that would have taken months even just to listen to all of it. Um, and so, one thing that was really helpful was almost like, okay, we're only going to use the recordings that have have, have been you know recorded with eight tra- eight channels. Yeah. That you know, and and then the chronological thing was like, okay, well, we're done with the early part of the year, hey, yeah. moving on. You know, uh, so those limitations are kind of maybe how we were able to do it so effortlessly. And then the previous, like previous recordings, I don't know what I mean. I have no idea. Like I didn't, I didn't record the shows because I had a thing in mind. I was, it was just, yeah. uh, well, I can spend a little bit of money and do this, and maybe it, someone will want to hear it one day. You know. Yeah, maybe we can yeah. do like the Fugazi archives. Yeah, exactly. Just I mean, I, like I don't even really care. It's like the I would be fine with a free archive. I just think that I think that people are kind of don't put enough e- energy and effort into that kind of stuff, and I think that it's a wasted opportunity to kind of like do a half-assed free yeah like archive that sounds okay but not great. It's kind of like well, if if you're gonna go to the trouble, you may as well fucking do it. Like, yeah. that's kind of my attitude in general. Yeah. There was this great site back in 2000, Alien Share or something like that. I don't, I blank on the name, but it was like one of the first sites and they would post live shows and videos from uh, indie rock bands and things like that. It like blew my mind. But that's also when I was still really learning <laughs> about the internet. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, you can see a band play like on the internet. You know, it's like, like VHS <laughs> or beta and stuff like that and lounge lizards and stuff. Yeah. So now that you have the book, so you get the idea, you get the yeses. And then what's the process of, of getting this made? It was pretty... Uh, it was a, it was a pretty serious ordeal to get everything, like... I mean, if you look through the... If you look through the book... Which we, I currently which am. Which you currently For the listeners doing. at home. Right. Imagine uh, you're looking... Through imagine, through. I can verify this. Is, it took a long time to get it laid out right and to get it to print properly, especially because I never had a flexi sure. disc made... Uh, or printed with the printers that we did this with, so there was a lot of troubleshooting. But um, yeah, it turned out it turned out better than I could have possibly imagined. Yeah, pl- um, planning making it took a while, but luckily Pirates Press have done a handful of these already. So yeah, they're, they're kind of getting it down to a science. It still takes a while. To- yeah, and, and another nice thing is right before we printed this book with them, they had kind of re redesigned the way that they did the the flexies. I mean, they started doing them like a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. and then three months ago, they were like, okay, we've got, now we've got this down. How? Uh, I don't don't even know how you do this. I mean, how do you print these these records? They're like, uh... It's like a a stamp, you know, it's a, it's a, it's just like a vinyl in that it has like, um... Well, I feel like if you haven't Plate. seen a flexi disc, imagine like a, a sheet of transparency, like from an overhead projector that you had in like school that had like notes written on it or something. Because that's all it is; it's a clear sheet yeah. of like of transparency, whatever that was, and then they just stamp a record right into it. It's so crazy. So, yeah. so they had a good process, and so then you get. So they had really, yeah, they dialed it in, and then and then we were able to go from there. But I mean, like things like. Uh, like when we made this a template for this type of thing didn't exist for like how we would set the job up so there was a fair amount of troubleshooting like that but and now now if you want to do it again 
I think they're yeah. I think we made a template with them that now is their template. <laughs> yeah, now you just would send them. I art, mean, now it's a lot music. easier. At yeah. least, and also understanding what you need. Yeah, what I need to do, what I need to give them, how they want things. But it was an ordeal. So you get everything together, you get it made. How'd you release it? Well, the, the all these books are arriving on Wednesday, and then we're shipping them out. It's only being sold through the Famous Class website, not in stores anywhere. Uh, and it's, you know, we've we've had pre-orders, and uh, how they doing? Those are doing well. And the, we had we did a thing where the first hundred people who ordered got a free Brian Chippendale T-shirt. Um, oh, you got a Chippendale T-shirt? Chippendales, cool. yeah. It's Sweet. got a little bow tie. Lots a little bow tie. That's, we should have done that. That would have been that's a that's a pun waiting to happen. But you can yeah. do that next, hey, I mean it's gonna come back next year, right? Next year. Um, and so you're gonna do. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. took like hey, man. six hey, months to make. What if what what if someone else has a fucky book? I know. Don't then I have on to... that neck, man. Ah, we'll have to come up with something new. We have more new dumb things. I mean, this, I mean, this is this is uh, this is a lot of work. Obviously. Yeah. It's good though. I'm psyched. I'm um, so. Are you guys doing a release party? Uh, we were gonna, I mean, so the thing is, we thought this was gonna come out four months ago. Of course. And so every, every, every month we think it's about to come out. Now it's actually about to come out. I have a tracking number for a pallet. (laughs) Now it's gonna, they're on their way here. How many, how many are gonna be made? We made, uh, 1900. Okay. And then we're, you know, the bands are all getting, uh, copies to sell on tour, uh, the, as their payment, so we end up having oh, over a thousand. A little, yeah, a thousand. little over a thousand to sell on the site. And how many have been sold already? Uh, a couple hundred. A couple hundred, like three hundred. Like yeah, yeah, like a third of them. Yeah, I mean it's going well. We're just like now at this point getting getting the word out. Totally, and I feel like yeah, once people see the physical version of it, oh, stuff, they're gonna want their. It's own. a really oh, yeah. hard no, no, no. thing. Like once people see it, even if you. I mean, even if you're, if you're just a, into records or just you just like pop culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope it would exist uh, in someone's collection as an art book just as well as it would uh, how, a record. How fragile are those records in there? They're fine. They're, they're pretty, yeah, they I mean... Be, like, I mean, like, I wouldn't hit them or anything, but like, they are, they, they, the, the, if anybody had flexi discs, yeah. like from the old era, you're going to think, man, these are... These are like these are the flexies I had. They're not durable. Oh, right. They play like three or four times. But these like I don't I don't have our book yet. But I've gotten flexies from this new batch, and I've listened to them time and time again. And they don't like you know they'll get they scratched like any yeah. other record, right? But, but they're not gonna. It's not like four and done. Yeah, you can't like play no. it five times and then it's over. Where where oh, were yeah. the original flexi dicks? Like like did they used to come like on cereal boxes? Or yeah, like cereal kind of boxes thing. like uh, McDonald's. Magazines. There was a the one Happy I had meals. was a Mr. Bill. They made like an SNL Mr. Bill book, but then in the last page was. A tear out, you tear out the page and it was the Mr. Bill theme song and you, you played it while you read the book did you tear it out oh yeah lost a lot of value man I know I, know. Uh, I was a kid dude <laughs> I, did you play with the toys when you were a kid yes I uh, that's messed unfortunately, up unfortunately yeah that is messed up yeah flexi it's like QR codes when they came back and it was like what is this new technology it's like it's not new it's yeah. better yeah <laughs> we just fixed it yeah. yeah we just fixed it um but yeah so we, what, we didn't even talk about the bands that were on it either no I don't know. that's oh, what yeah. I'm going to next yeah. Well, so, you are, you heard uh, Tin Man, right? You guys played Tin Man, right? We played Tin we Man. We played Ty Seagal and we played Future Islands. Cool, nice. cool. But you got a bunch of heavy hitters on there. Totally, we do. Uh, Tim Harrington is on there. 
What's he doing on there? Uh, he's doing his side thing, which is called obs. 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 Obfs. Oh, like yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a really cool song. That's like an exclusive, never been released track. And that was from our fifth anniversary show, actually fifth oh, yeah. anniversary of the venue. Yeah, that he's was pretty amazing. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that was, was really fucking good. It was yeah. really cool. And so, and he was like, "This is my bedroom project, so I'm gonna." He wore oh. pajamas. Yeah. And like set up in like the corner of the stage, like kind of with the lights off, and that's that's why I love Tim Harrington. Yeah, yeah. Really his, his mind just goes to a place where it's something you never thought of, but you see it, you totally get it. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, that's really funny. Yeah, he was talking to us about trying to fucking have yoga and aerobics on Saturday mornings at Death by Audio. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Also, for those of you who don't know, Tim Harrington is the singer of La Savi Fav. Oh yeah, who are yeah. playing at House of Vans. They are. Oh, they are. Uh, on, Delorean House of Vans on the 29th of August, I think. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be. Oh, that's I, in like. Oh, I have it on my oh, calendar. Oh, it's on my like. You get a lot of emails. Obviously, I'm sure you guys do. And yeah. I saw that one. I wrote the guys that has a band. I was like, just put me down for a while. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Um, you also have Mets. You have Mets. Mets who have gotten a little big. I would say totally. Yeah, huge. <laughs> it's yeah. Actually, it's weird. I was I was on some website and there was like a fucking like. I want to say it might have been Vans or certainly some kind of skateboarding shoe commercial that was. With the music of Mets, I was like, "Damn, that was quick!" Shoe commercial, it was awesome. Boom, boom, yeah, got, got it. That shoe money in the box. Yeah, the shoe box. Shoe you, want, uh, you want the shoe money? Who else is on there? OCs, the OCs, OCs. Oh Great friends of the space. I was gonna say the OCs are like your your kindred brethren. Totally, totally. Yeah. They're huge now. I mean, they're they've been huge for a while. Sure. I mean, but John Dwyer is like one of the reasons I'm sitting here with you today. You know how, I mean? how like, so? Just because like he was the guy that like revived music for me. Like the Coach Whips was like my, oh my, my most important band. Like seeing that band live like was like, I like live music again. I like music again. I always forget he's in the Coach Whips. Yeah. And Coach Whips Oh, I don't. Are... <laughs> I only saw him play once Never forget. Yeah, oh, man. at uh, Beerland in Austin. Oh, man. This was eight and a half years ago. Yeah, at least. And then, because they did that whole lightning bolt type of thing where they just started play, like the second. Yeah, in the in the back of the uh, back of the room. Yeah, yeah. And they melted my face. Blew me away. Yeah. And their albums melt my ears because they're recorded so loudly. Yeah. And actually, uh, Weasel Walter, who's now, and who now lives in New York and is like a friend, mastered all, all those records, and he even told me that he has like a louder, noisier version of uh, Bangers versus Fuckers that that Dwyer turned down because he I thought think, it was too. I mean, if you look at heavy. like. The, like the sound waves of that, it's like pushing. Oh yeah, all the way. It's just all the way. It's like it's, it's sort of funny. Like it's 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 like a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's a great, it's a good sounding joke. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's so crazy that it's always funny when you think about which bands come from from other bands, which you guys must see all the time because it must be like guys and girls who come back who are just in like new and different formations. Oh sure. Yeah, I get emails all the time that's like I'm this person. I was the drummer in this band. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that band. Come on, come on over with your new band. Like, let's try it out. Yeah. Yeah, and then anyone else? Uh, what's your favorite individual tracks? Can you call them out or they're like your children? They're a lot like my children. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I no, think I, the it's. I think it's Tin Man for me. Like, it just <sighs> that one's that great. It just it just carries all of that weight. I mean, all the songs are good, but like that one, just like it's already a really emotional song, and I feel like it just really comes across like the the feeling of the live, like Sam, what Sam's giving mm-hmm. to the audience and stuff. Sam the singer, of course. Yeah. That was recorded at the. Uh, LAMC number two release party. Yeah, and with that trainer. Cyclical. With that trainer. Really hot. All cyclical. It's all. Yeah, it is always hot there. Do you guys ever get an AC in there? We do. We have central AC. Yeah. That was, I think, I think our AC either wasn't working or something there weird was happened a, that there night. There was a big moment recent 
And not even recently. Now it's like a year ago. Yeah. But there was a big moment... A year ago. ...where it turned out... Uh, oh, yeah, that... The that, AC was installed backwards, so it was pumping cold air outside of Death Biotic. That's true. And some and, of it would cut, like... It was like we were getting 10% of the air-conditioned air. Did you flip air. around? It's worked yeah, so fucking guy. well now. Yeah, we got a guy. It's so cold right. in there. It's great. Oh, my God. I just went to uh, Shea Stadium for the first time this summer, and I was impressed by how cold it was in there. Do they have air Yeah, they got a little window unit in there, yeah. finally, which oh, actually is a... That is, window unit to power that... Yeah, well, you know no, what? it's good, in? because it's cold in there, but then outside, if you go on the balcony, you just get blasted by all that hot air coming out of the back of it, so it keeps people off the balcony, which yeah. is... Oh, oh that's, that's nice. great. Yeah, it's another thing they're trying to do, so it yeah. kind of killed two birds there. They, uh, yeah, yeah. so I f- welcome home Fletcher C. Johnson. Yeah. He just got back. He played yeah. the last show. He's gr- sounding so good. Yeah. Super tight. Totally. Yeah, he played a DBA on the way out. He went on the way out and lived in California for a couple months and then came back. He's just coming back from living out there. Yeah. Welcome home. Yeah. Welcome L- home, Fletcher. <laughs> good to have you back, buddy. More like L. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see him in Memphis on the way. Or no, uh, Nashville on his way. He was do- yeah, he was doing good. Did you see the cover album for Free Ride? No, I didn't. Oh, man. Pace in like in a wedding dress with like pregnant. It's great. It sounds pretty good. Look uh, for it. So, uh, where can people get this? You can get it at famousclass.com, uh, and that's the only place you can get it. Ooh. Or maybe, maybe if you're lucky and you catch one of the bands on tour in the early and they part have, of the yeah. tour, yeah, they if have you get one, it like one me. left, yeah, yeah, their first, second, or third show that they play after they receive the play. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask how much they're selling for? They're 32 bucks. Nice. And it comes with uh, a download for the whole Flexi book as well as the entire Ty Siegel set and OC set. Oh, awesome. Which is awesome. So it's a shitload of music to download that you can put on your iPod And those iPod are great sets. Whatever. Ty, Ty did a ton of covers. Ty did that a show. lot of covers. They're really good. Yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to look, like, what are some of them? There's like, did he do Paranoid? He did. Yeah, and he Black did, Sabbath. Uh, uh, oh. fuck, I don't know. He did a bunch. Of, he did a lot he did of that like ACDC. Yeah, I'm letting you guys. do Thunder. Oh, TNT. TNT. Yeah. yeah. He did like that. if the, you're if you're a big Ty Seagal fan, you'll want to yeah. hear these awesome. There's heavy some Hawkwind in there. Hawkwind. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Good yeah. times. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. a blast. And when people want to learn more about DBA, where do they go? Oh, uh, you can go to entertainmentforeveryone.net. Like the numbers four and one for. <laughs> it's not very good for radio. I know. Enter- okay. <laughs> I just love it at the hand gestures. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, it's for me. It's like, <laughs> yes, I made the hand gestures for, yeah. for the number four and the number one. It's entertainment, the number four, every, the number one, dot net, because dot com was taken already. Oh, my God. So popular. Right. And that has the show listings. Uh, I try to update it every, like, the 15th of every month. Does that month have a link to buy the FlexiBook? It doesn't, but it will. It probably you can, yeah. Or you can just Google Death by Audio and get most of the stuff. Yeah. Twitter. That too. Yeah. Yeah. At Death by Audio is the Twitter. At Famous Class. Is the Famous it's my, Class Twitter. It's my everything. All right. And if I if I hear anyone else making flexi books like this, I'll let you know. Yeah. So but we're not the things. first ones to do yeah, this. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Maybe the, I think we're maybe the first people to do this with, with like, live. And certainly as, like, a venue. Yes. I'm okay. sure we're the first. Well, I if I hear of another venue doing live recordings, the flexi book. Yeah. I'll let you know. There you go. Yeah. That's right. The, the takedown squad will show up. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you, boys. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having me. Final question. Yeah. How have your summers been? They've been really good. It's good. Yeah, hot. Mine has been really nice. Yeah. I've been able to get out of town a couple times, which is good. I could be going to the beach more, but 
Couldn't I always? We all could. Yeah. Even in the less winter. less beach for me. I, Eden not can take all of guy. my beach time. I'll take I love your beach, the beach time. But Matt. No, not no. a beach. Not a beach I, guy. I'm a rivers and lakes guy. He's a long pants and at the, the beach and guy. the forest. You know what? Uh, I think I'm with you on that. I think I'm, I'm like a river lake nature dude. Beaches, come on, right? Because yeah. you're just basically you're basically in Times Square, except now there's sand on everything. And on that note, I can't relate to that. At we're all. gonna end Snacky Tunes. I want to thank everybody who's been. Uh, <laughs> get this thing. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks so much. Thank Woo! you. Someday, when I'm awfully low and the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. Oh, but you're lovely with your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft. There is nothing for me but to love you and the tenderness grows tearing my fear apart and the laugh that wrinkles your nose touches my foolish heart you are lovely never ever change Keep that breathless charm Won't you please arrange it Cause I love you And the way you look tonight And the way you look This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.